Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Michael Russin. Thank you for joining me again. Happy Thursday. Again, I appreciate all of your viewership, your listening ship. <laughs> Thank you for sharing the episodes. Thank you for being loyal fans and listeners. I appreciate all of you. I know I tell you guys that a lot, but I really do. It makes it easy to generate content daily um, to a group like you guys. So, and hopefully you get something out of this every day. That's my that's my mission is to bring you guys some sort of value every single day. And in a way, I, you know, I help myself by doing this because I get to I get to think through my thoughts. <laughs> that makes sense. Get to talk through my thoughts. I've been trying to be more organized with my thinking, which is a weird thing, but um, my mind has a tendency to race from topic to topic to topic. And what I've realized is I think a lot of it has to do with our phones. I think we're conditioned mentally through TikTok, Instagram. You know, I think it's like when when you're generating content on TikTok, you have like less than a half a second to grab somebody's attention. Isn't that crazy? You have less than half a second to grab somebody's attention. If you don't get their attention in that half second, they're scrolling on to the next video. Um, And I've seen this with some of my videos before my TikTok account got banned. But uh, (laughs) you would see, you know, it would tell you how long people watch for. And there was a handful of people that watched my content for less than a second and scrolled. Isn't that crazy? So it's like, that's a different lesson. But, you know, it's I think we're just conditioned to move, 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 next, 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 next. You know what I mean? We have the whole world at our fingertips. It's just so crazy. It really is when you think about it that a couple hundred years ago, imagine what it would have taken for me to see Mount Everest. How would I take a, a boat and then, you know, it's like... It would take me weeks, weeks to get to Mount Everest. Months, probably. It would probably take me months to get to Mount Everest. Which is nuts. Months and months. Maybe even, depending on how long ago, years, possibly. Um, now, I can see Mount Everest in less than three seconds on Google. Is that crazy? And if I wanted to go, I could be there in less than a day. It's, um, and, and, and there's benefits obviously to that. Um, but the problem is with social media is that we're conditioned, we've conditioned our minds to have such a short, um, sh- such a short ability to focus, right? And I think that ADD and ADHD um, are, are a result of the food that we eat. I really do think that we've been. I think that the neurotoxicity of a lot of our food uh, plays a role. Our tap water plays a role. Uh, But I also think that the digital age has ushered in a new era of ADD and ADHD or a worsening of ADD and ADHD because it conditions. Because when you hop on Instagram, just try this tomorrow. 
when you hop on Instagram and you have that the heart button in the top left hand, or right hand corner of your home, like your page where it shows you where people have interacted with your content. If that little heart is red and lit up, like this morning I woke up and I had like five new followers, uh, six comments, and like 30 something likes. And I got a dopamine hit from that first thing in the morning. And I'm thinking to myself this morning, I'm sitting there on the, on the toilet, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, is this healthy? Hold on one second, I'm gonna grab a nanner. These blue collar guys at this gas station, they're always looking at my truck. And uh, it's, got, it's gotta be funny, they, they're like, oh, yeah, looking at the truck and then I hop out and I got these wacky pajama pants on, a tucked in t-shirt. <laughs> Like, what's this guy doing? <laughs> uh, I got to do more truck stuff with my truck. But um, what were we talking about? Give me a second here. I got distracted in there talking to people. <laughs> um, I don't know. Why well, it couldn't have been too important. I probably finished that topic up. But uh, oh, oh yeah, been trying to be more organized with my thoughts. Um, yeah, yeah, with the scrolling and everything. You know what I mean? It definitely can't be good for our brains you know i'm like i get the big this big dopamine hit my i see my little chubby fat thumb rushing to get to the notifications and look at them you know it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. it's like this is like a drug you know it can't be good so two things I'm, I'm trying to do is i'm trying to number one think thoughts all the way to completion that's the first thing so Instead of letting my mind shuffle, like, you know, what are those things called? Rolodexes, you know what I mean? When you're looking for somebody's number, one of those old, old things. Just shuffling through the little cards to find it. Like, I try to, like, not let my mind do that. Like, whatever thought my mind grabs onto, I try to get it all the way through to completion. And either file it away as useful or delete it as useless, right? And then second, I'm definitely going to make an attempt to cut down on my phone usage, which I have. I'm down about 20% compared to last month. I use that little app that's built into the phone. Um, I'm down about 20% compared to last month uh, phone usage, which is good, which is very good. I used it a lot yesterday, though. Used it a lot yesterday, but uh, I've been trying to cut back. But anyways, uh, I'm trying to be more intentional with my thinking. Because I feel like if, if, if I can get even better at controlling my thoughts, I, I've realized that everything in life, happiness, all of the good things in life, happiness... Um, I mean, just uh, any, any good emotion, any good emotion, I'm trying to think of the words like happiness. Uh, should I say happiness one more time? Happiness, focus, discipline, like all these good things come from self-control. I've realized that the more self-control I exhibit, the calmer and happier that I am. It's like I said yesterday, your, your, your mind's like a wild animal. And if you don't tame your mind, you're going to have major issues in your life. Like people talk about fighting demons in their life and it's like, no, those are just the consequences of your piss poor decision making because you cannot control yourself. 
most people have no impulse control. And I think a lot of that has to do with the phone. Like if all you have to do is move your finger to get a little hit of dopamine, you're basically training your brain. It's like you're removing the governor from your brain. You know what I mean? It's supposed to throttle your reaction. And it's like, it's completely gone now because of these damn phones. I really believe that they're more damaging than we think. I think they are more psychological. I think they're even biologically damaging. I feel like they're probably in some ways, because your brain rewires itself. I can't remember, your brain literally builds highways. So like neurons split into axioms or something like that. And then you have a new synapse which is the space between neurons. I believe it's chemicals. Uh, they communicate from one end of the neuron to the other. There's names for the ends, I believe. Um, chemically, like your brain builds highways in itself. And you could also destroy these highways. You could also let these highways get clogged up and unused. But um, I think that the cell phone usage definitely has rewired our brains. And I don't know that it's rewired our brains in a particularly good way. So, um, but if you can, if you can exhibit high levels of self-control, like I realized that the people that I admire, and I don't admire too many people, I never really had role models. Like I had great people, like my dad's a great, amazing man, you know, but I, I was never like, oh, I want to be like so-and-so when I grow up. I've always, I've always been iconoclastic in the sense that I really do believe I'm, I'm here to carve my own path but when I think about like even fictional characters that I admire um, they exhibit high levels of self-control you know you look at somebody here's here's you know what I think I have the answer to Solomon in Proverbs here I am telling the wisest man who ever lived besides Jesus really a god man but um what his problem was solomon when you read proverbs and then you hop into the book of ecclesiastes which i believe solomon wrote ecclesiastes many do as well many scholars do as well um i believe his issue was a lack of self-control because he talks about i've been very very rich i've done it all i've seen it all and all is vanity and uh, i agree with him I do think that all is vanity. I mean, we're here for just a breath. We are here. We're, we're a wisp. You know what I mean? We're a wisp of smoke. We're here one second and gone the next. And everything in life, we take nothing to the grave with us. We die naked and alone. Now, you could, be di- you could die surrounded by people, but you're still going into death alone. We come into this world alone and we die alone. And, um, which is profound when you think about it, but... I think Solomon, who had concubines upon concubines and walked away from the Lord towards the end of his life, was so unhappy. Like, you read Ecclesiastes, and you're like, this guy's depressed. This guy's having an... Ecclesiastes is essentially an existential crisis. And I think that many strong men go through something similar that Solomon went through at that at, at that point in his life when he wrote that book. I think many great men have gone through that at some point. <clears throat> and I think a lot of Solomon's feelings are from a lack of self-control. 
that Solomon gave whatever his heart, whatever it desired. And it's like pouring into a bottomless bucket. It doesn't matter. If you only have a couple drops of water, or if you have an ocean's worth of water to funnel through that bottomless bucket, it doesn't matter. When all is said and done, there's no damn water in the bucket. Right? So you could be very poor and miserable, and you could be very wealthy and miserable if you don't have a bottom to your bucket. And I think that bottom of your bucket is self-control. I have, for many years, struggled with self-control. And I'm just now, at 31 years old, starting to realize that it is perhaps the most important characteristic because it's really just discipline personified, right? Into a person. Self-control is the manifestation of discipline. And I think discipline is number one on the list. But self-control, they're, I mean, they're basically the same thing. But I really want to focus on self-control more so um, semantically because... Hold on, I'm going to make sure this truck pulled way out in front of me. Um, because I think, it's, I think it's the most important characteristic, the most important trait that you can cultivate. Because if you can control yourself, like if you learn how, like again, I'm trying to discipline and control my mind. I've for years self-medicated because I have struggled so badly with anxiety for the better part of 15 years. I have struggled very badly with anxiety. Since I was a kid, come to think of it, I don't think my anxiety was like most other kids' anxiety. Like when I would, and what sticks out to me is before wrestling matches, I'd get so nervous, I'd get sick. You know what I mean? And I, I never, nobody taught me how to control or manage anxiety growing up. So when I got older, you know, it, it, you know, I got introduced to weed. Uh, you know, I'd smoke weed. I'd be like, whoa, I'm not anxious anymore. And then it, like, reversed. The technique reversed. Then weed just made me anxious all the time. I couldn't smoke it anymore. And then that weed was, you know, replaced with alcohol. You know, you're drinking two days a week, you know, end of the week. And then you add in a Thursday, you know, and then you add in a Monday. You know what I mean? And then before you know it. You slip into habits where you're drinking five, six, seven days a week. You know, even if it's just one or two to take the edge off, which is how most people live. You would be blown away. And I, people listening to me too. You would be blown away by how many people drink daily in this country. It's got to be a big percentage. I know people that drink every single day. And I used to be one of those people. Whether it was two or ten. Just to manage that anxiety. And I've come to realize after 31 years. Come to realize after 31 years that the way that you manage manage anxiety is through exhibiting high levels of self-control. That the more self-controlled you are, the the less anxiety you're going to experience. I'm telling you. If you struggle with anxiety, it's likely due to a lack 
of self-control. You need to learn, like I'm learning, how to discipline your mind. Through disciplining your mind, you bring it under subjugation to you. And by doing so, you're able to control. Now, you're going to still have anxiety, but it's going to last way longer. And see, the thing is, my mind started to learn that if it made me highly anxious, it could get me to do things that it wanted to do that weren't necessarily good for me. My mind learned that if it got me anxious enough, I would go and grab a drink. My mind learned that if I got anxious enough, I would try to lose myself in something that I shouldn't be watching or viewing or whatever, be doing things that I shouldn't be doing to dull it and make it go away. Now, after years of mishandling it, I feel as if I've come out on the other side of this. You know, again, three weeks ago, I had something just not nice happen. And that was kind of like a breaking point for me because I miss, I talked about this the other day, I mishandled that situation. And I came out the other side of that situation and I said to myself, looking at myself in the mirror, never again. I'm never going to handle a situation like I handled that one ever again. I'm never going to display that kind of weakness again. More, not, not even to anybody else, but more to myself. So, if you want to experience less anxiety, you need to embrace self-control and self-discipline. We are, you've heard this saying many times, but we truly are our own worst enemies. Truly. We are our own worst enemies. There is nothing that destroys a man quicker than himself. That when you look around at the plights and the issues and the, all of the tribulations of your fellow men, it's often at their own hand. That they become their own undoing. You see people fall into drug addiction, gambling problems, dereliction, sexual promiscuity, alcohol use. Nobody's forcing anybody to do these things, right? What do, who, who ultimately does it? We do it to ourselves. That we often abuse ourselves because we have no self-control. And this is what I talked about the other day, that we're often afraid of feelings. That most people cannot sit still and think about how they're feeling. Most people cannot sit their ass down or even go for a walk in silence without thinking about what they're feeling. We have so many distractions around us that we spend so little time thinking about our feelings, reflecting on our thoughts. It's just, well, I've got downtime. Let's hop on TikTok. Oh, I've got downtime. I do the same thing. I do the same thing. Top on Instagram. Oh, let's turn my show on. Oh, let's listen to music. You know what I mean? We have all, and there's nothing wrong with doing those things every once in a while. 
But if you're using it as a means to avoid internal conflict, it's not healthy. It's not edifying to you. It's not, it's not doing anything good for you. I think part of self-control is having more conversations with oneself. Oh, that's a big rooster back there. It's having more conversations with yourself. Part of self-control is slowing things down and tuning out the distractions. And the biggest thing I had to learn was, and this is just very, very recent for me, and you hear this repeated in meditation and yoga and all these other goofy circles. I shouldn't say goofy. I apologize. But, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's it's been, you know, women posted in their Instagram bios and it loses its meaning, you know. But, like, I've really started to practice, um, like, forgiving myself, loving myself, being patient with myself. Understanding that I'm flawed, I'm broken, you know what I mean? I'm a, I'm, I'm a man separated, we were in the flesh, you know? Because it's very easy, I think that a lot of times people don't want to sit down and think because years of failure, regret, and setbacks tend to wash over you like pounding waves on a beach and many people panic and cannot sit there with that. They start to think about all the ways they've been hurt isn't it funny how our mind seems to want to tear us apart? Well, as I said before, it's a wild, untamed animal for many people. And I've started to have these conversations with myself. First it was, all right, let's just numb this feeling. And then it was, well, okay, we can't do that. Let's distract ourselves from this feeling. And then it was, well, let's just sit with it for a little bit. Oh, that's all I can take. Ah, I'm going to die. And then it was... No, let's sit and push through the discomfort, just like the ice bath. I want to get out. I want to get out. I'm staying in longer. I'm staying in longer. My toe, I can't feel my, my toes are burning. Stay in, stay in, stay in. It's like sitting with an uncomfortable thought, right? And now I've realized, I started to think, like, why is it that my mind, seems to be my own worst enemy? Why is it that my mind seems to just want to viciously and relentlessly tear me down, tear me apart? Why is this? Well, because I've spent years failing to discipline my mind. I've gotten fairly good at disciplining my body. But I have not mastered. I've not yet I'm not at a point yet where I'm comfortable saying, yes, I have control over my mind and my thoughts. I'm getting there. I'm much closer than I was even a couple of months ago. But I have a lot of work to do. And, you know, (laughs) life is just learning that you don't really know anything over and over again. You know what I mean? Life is just the older you get, you know, I think it was my, my assistant Rachel had said something similar about how, um, you know, she feels like the more she learns, the dumber she is. And I'm like, yeah, that's, it's called wisdom. I said, you know what that is, Rachel? That's called wisdom. (laughs) 
That's what that is. That is called wisdom. When you start to realize that the more you learn about yourself, the world around you, the less you know and the dumber you feel, the smaller you feel, that's called wisdom. And for a long time, I was convinced that there was some kind of end zone. Like, all right, yeah, when I get to XYZ, I'm going to be good. And then I realized that every time I get to XYZ, the goalposts get moved again. And that life isn't about getting somewhere stationary. I really want to, I really want you to listen to me. Life isn't about getting somewhere stationary where you're just there and it's all good. Life is just, it's dynamic, it's ever changing. Life is full of ups and downs and lefts and rights and zigs and zags and life is just life, man. Like trying to try to get somewhere in life where everything is just it it just is is like trying to hold I don't know, trying to hold a bucket of sand in your hands, you know? It's like the harder you squeeze, more sand comes out. You know? <laughs> it's just it's, you got to get used to that. You know, that life is just as constant. It's just, it's always going to require something new from you. So, you know, be patient with yourself, man. Be patient with yourself. And trust in God. Spend more time in the dark dealing with your demons instead of running from them or numbing them or avoiding them. And I promise, it's like going to the gym. I promise you the more that you'll do that you do that, the better you're gonna get. The quicker. I think a lot of mental illness is just like cancer. It started off as a little malignant growth that could have been removed early on. Sure, it would have been painful and scary to get rid of it, but, you know, we avoid it. And so it starts to grow and it metastasizes and it mutates. I think that's a lot of mental illness is that people are traumatized, they're broken, they're hurt. And they make mistakes and they they let that tumor just go and it gets worse and worse and then you get personality disorders and anxiety disorders and then you turn to SSRIs which are poison and then you know and it just makes things worse. So I really encourage you guys to do the internal work. All right, I love you. Let's get it. Peace.